This episode is brought to you by the I Forgot podcast. We forgot to get an advertiser. I forgot. It's like a four-day weekend for me, and I'm like, this is a third day, and I'm like, I've had very little relaxed time. I know. <laughs> Which is like not bad. It's not like I'm... It's not like I'm doing a bunch of things I don't want to do. Like I've been going to the studio and hanging out with friends and stuff. I'm like, I'm having a good time. It's just that I'm also old. Yeah. Yeah. No, (laughs) like I have that almost every weekend now where like I go out and do a bunch of stuff and it feels good. Like it feels Mm -hmm. like I've actually spent my weekend well. But then like Sunday evening rolls around and I'm like, but what happened to the naps? Yeah. But I'm still tired. (laughs) I wonder if this is what it's like for other people in the summer like this, this is normal for the summer because i know people usually get busier and do stuff in the summer yeah and this is like the first time we've done that <laughs> we're just like yeah sure let's have fun this time yeah. guys like because both of us have a bit more time off i think this summer than we have previously yeah we are having a hot girl summer we are yeah which is like yeah it's like it's fun but i'm so tired <laughs> I know. We're going to have a very strong girl fall. We're going to be yeah. like so many muscles. We're gonna Hot be, girl summer, buff girl fall. Yeah. going to be just splitting, splitting wood in half with our hands. And then sad girl went to roll around. It'll oh, yeah. Fine. Well, that's normal, though. Yeah. Just how we are. But we'll also be buffer in the yeah. winter. So we'll at least we'll be sad, but we'll be like, well, look at these muscles. We'll be able to fight our sorrows. <laughs> I love this complaint. I've been having too much fun. Yeah. (laughs) All this fun I'm having, it's making me sleepy. Yeah. (laughs) It's really cutting into my sitting still and staring at the wall time. (laughs) Well. Also, uh, this is your, is this, this is your first summer on meds. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So that could also have something to do with it. It's weird how you like go out and do stuff so much more when you want to go out and do stuff more. I know, right? When you're not like... When you're capable of it. Actually, you know, I feel like if I leave my house, I might die. (laughs) So I think I'm just going to stay in and not turn any lights on. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Recommend. (laughs) uh, It's been thinking about it. Maybe go see your doctor. Talk to them about, you know, maybe I want to try some medication. Yeah. Or, I don't know, therapy, something like that. Yeah, although if you live in Vancouver, you're going to be referred to group therapy, and we are so sorry in advance. Yeah, really, group therapy is probably a really good idea for someone who has, like, anxiety about strangers and groups and small rooms with strangers and groups in them. So anyway, that's why I never go. But also, I mean, there's stuff, there's stuff to be gained from, like, group therapy and CBT and all that. Yeah, I think if you thrive off other people's energy in general, like if you're the kind of person who works well in a group or like if you're an extrovert, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And like I do fine in a group when we have to work on something, but I am not sharing personal information then. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely putting on a face for this group. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's counterintuitive to group therapy. Yes. I'll just pretend I'm not the person I am. Yeah. Yeah, that's like if you're anything like either of us where it's like someone asks about your feelings and you're like, actually, I've internalized these. These are just for me. I'm going to tell you I'm fine. Yeah. I actually don't have feelings anymore. Yeah. (laughs) You don't watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia, do you? No. There's one of the main characters at one point like 
several seasons in, it's just like something feelings again. Like I was a child. Do you remember, <laughs> do you remember feelings? And the other guy's like, yeah, I have feelings like every moment and every day. Like it's because I am a human. <laughs> Can't relate. Yeah. No, I have. I am emotionless all the time. I only ever feel happy or angry, which are the cool emotions. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Those are the acceptable The other ones. feelings I choose to eat. So. <laughs> yeah. It's happy, it's angry, or I'm eating candy right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but like personally for me, um, I tried CBT with a psychologist or whatever, and I was just like, hey, I already know this stuff and have integrated it into my life because I looked into this before because I didn't want to come see a stranger and tell them, hey. Tell them about the feelings I pretend I don't have. Hey, I have like these weird feelings <laughs> like that I didn't realize I had. I They're not the two normal ones. <laughs> yeah, so that didn't work out for me. But that's also because I have other I'm going to say coping mechanisms, but that also has like a bad ring to them. But I feel like doing stretches is a coping mechanism and shit, even though it's just not an example of mine. Yeah. Coping mechanisms is the bad one. Coping strategies is when it's good. Yeah. That's when you can say it to a therapist. That's <laughs> that's when you're really thinking it through. A coping mechanism is when you don't think about it. You're just like, this helps me and you do it. But strategies are when you're like, I bet this would help me. And then you do it and you're like, it does help me. And you continue to do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah not to knock all group therapy. I'm sure it's, it's useful it, for some people. but Yeah. And I'm sure it, like, I don't know, my doctor was like, you know, actually a lot of people find it more useful. And I was like, I, I know you're lying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only way I would find it more useful is if we were ganging up on the psychiatrist. <laughs> <laughs> Paul and I talked about doing... Uh, couples therapy recently yeah and we're not like fighting or anything it was just like a he's doing really well in therapy mm. and she also does couples stuff um but that's what i told him i was like i think the only way either of us are going to be able to do therapy and experience it well is if we end up ganging up on the therapist and i don't think that's going to be helpful for anyone <laughs> you're just going to be burning burning or half one yeah. after the other oh is that what you think <laughs> I thought that one out in the 90s. <laughs> Those are the sick burns I imagine you giving her. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly. She actually seems extremely cool and I would be very intimidated. Could not roast, but. Once you got to know her a bit better. Yeah. When she was asking you how you communicated with each other, you'd be like, well, here's an example, you <laughs> idiot. <laughs> oh, I wanted to say. Um, when I was walking to the bus, I startled a hummingbird and it got really close to my face and then it just sort of stick, stuck around because it really liked the bush that I was walking past. Um, answer your messages first, I guess, Barbara. Do you want to share them with the podcast? I was just turning it off. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm mom. kidding. Sorry, what about the hummingbird? Oh, it's just really cool and it got close to my head. Uh, Scary. For a second, I thought it was a butterfly, and then the next second, I was like a hummingbird, and in the same thought, I was like, you should grab it. <laughs> but I didn't. Good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I also... <laughs> what? Sorry. It's just... I also grabbed a different bird. In preparation for your strong girl fall, your instincts are just heightened. <laughs> <laughs> you grabbing hummingbirds. <laughs> Snatching them out of the sky. <laughs> I don't like. I'm just gonna say I don't think I would have caught the hummingbird. I don't think I'm capable of that if I had tried. 
but it was just like really close to me and I was like I should get it <laughs> I, should, I should get it take it with me and show Barbara yeah. <laughs> hey check it out <laughs> check out this dead bird it wouldn't be dead <laughs> you would crush it no <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Trying to catch a bird out of the air? Yeah. You would absolutely crush its tiny bro- bones. No. Yeah. No. I think so. I don't think I would. Okay. I would. And I have tiny little hands. Well, you would because you would have to try and close your hand around it, and your hand's not big enough to close around a hummingbird without crushing it. Wow. I thought we were just here to, like, hold each other up, lift each other up, <laughs> have a good time. Now we're talking about who is most likely to kill a bird. (laughs) (laughs) Also, just before I came here, I was reading a list, and it was on Facebook. I don't know extremely how accurate it is, but I know some of it is, but a list of just, like, famous musicians who've, uh, like, raped children. Oh. And it's a lot. Yeah, I believe it. The header was a picture of Drake and Millie Bobby Brown. Was that her name from Stranger Things? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... And then it was just like, here's a list of how people have done this in the past. Like, he's all, yeah. Gross. I don't know. Look, if you're if you're an adult and you're finding yourself being befriending a teenager, know that that's, first of all, a very unconventional friendship. And second, a very, like, precarious one. Like, if you're friends with a teenager and there's nothing gross and sexual going on, you still have a ton of influence over that kid. Yeah, you are a mentor. Whether you like it or not, if you're friends with a child, you are a mentor to them. Yeah. That's a huge responsibility. Yeah, and, like, you shouldn't, like, again, read this on Facebook, so I'm not sure if it's true, but you shouldn't be texting them, like, I, I miss, miss you. you. Yeah, you. I mean, it's not a big, big surprise, but so many male musicians are so creepy and gross. I just thought I'd bring it down from our hummingbird story. Yeah. <laughs> just, what's the what's the opposite of hummingbirds? It's pedophiles. Well, also, the movie I watched this week was Kramer versus Kramer, and it's got Dustin Hoffman in it, who I don't is think is a, a pedo. I don't think he's been accused of, um, yeah, sleeping with kids, but I do think he's been accused of sexual assault. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, hey, first fact for this movie. Yeah. is an actual true fact. Meryl Streep decided in that this movie that she'd never work with Dustin Hoffman again because not only did he hit her to get her into character, um, the wine scene was yeah. improvised. He did not tell her he was doing it. Oh, my God. Um, and he also whispered her dead husband's name to her to get her upset. Uh, look, Meryl Streep doesn't need any acting lessons from Dustin Hoffman. Fuck no. And yeah, he's a super gross, disgusting person. He's also like ugly as sin. I fucking hate Dustin Hoffman and everything about him. But something about it is just like, I don't even know where you got the idea you could behave this way. Like, where was it validated to you? (laughs) Okay, look at, take this. In whatever Kramer versus Kramer, 70s or 80s, he's an average to slightly above average looking dude. He went super downhill as he aged. Like, he looks so goofy to me now. Yeah. (laughs) He looks like if I drew a caricature of my dad. Yeah, he also looks quite similar to my dad, although not similar enough to say they look alike. But I kept looking, like, same hair. Yeah. Both kind of short. One thing I was super surprised about is every scene he has with Meryl Streep, he's, uh, well, she's usually wearing heels, but he's slightly shorter than her. And I'm like, oh, I'm surprised he didn't make everyone 
like crouch <laughs> <laughs> anyway that took a turn yeah <laughs> sorry guys but yeah, yeah we hate dustin hoffman yeah we'll, we'll add that to the michael douglas list yeah do we know that michael douglas is a creep in real life i, can't I don't remember. know he just keeps playing a creep so i won't watch his movies anymore but yeah i don't he might be a perfectly fine person yeah. probably not doesn't you know i mean like yeah you can't tell but doesn't look like it <laughs> But I, again, should not have the authority to speak on this, especially after the Dave Navarro incident, but also because Martin Sheen. Yeah. <laughs> my white whale. Well, we don't need to be right all the time. <laughs> no, I just, I was so convinced he was a dickhead. Yeah. Well, we'll f- time will tell. Well, my name is Melissa. My name is Barbara. And this is... I, I forgot. forgot. So this week, same as last week... Uh, Barbara's going to read out my notes, mm-hmm. and then I'm just going to, like, fill in blanks. What movie did you forget this week? I forgot Kramer versus Kramer, which I'm sure you have a fact about this, but I assumed was going to be a comedy. It is not. I did cry one time. Oh, no. They cry a lot in it. It sounds like a comedy. Well, because the only Kramer I know is Kramer from Seinfeld. Yeah. And, oh, also on that list of uh, creepy gross men, Jerry Seinfeld picked up one of his girlfriends at a uh, schoolyard. That's not surprising, but also... (laughs) Anyway. Uh, So Kramer Grace's Kramer seems like it opens with Dustin Hoffman telling a boring story about a Burberry coat. Yeah, he's he's in the office telling his boss this boring story about, like, um, status and such. And his wife, Meryl Streep, is at home uh, taking care of their kid, putting him to bed. And she's, like, saying, you know, like, I love you and, like... Being like overly lovey-dovey with the kid, maybe, and the kid's like, "Okay, I'll I'll see you in the morning," and she's like, "I love you." <laughs> oh no! And yeah, as he's telling that story, she leaves and starts packing a bag. Oh yeah, she packs up her stuff and says goodbye to their kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, she tries to leave, and he physically stops her. Yeah, so he eventually realizes that he's running late coming home, which seems like he does a lot. Comes into the house, and she's. Like, hey, I need to talk to you. And he's like, oh, just a minute. I got to call the office and is ignoring her, calls into the office. And as he's talking to whoever telling them something, she goes, I'm leaving you. And he doesn't hear her. He's like, just a second, honey. I've got to finish this. And like talking to the thing. He's like, and he's like what do you want? And she's like, I'm leaving you and goes to pick up her bag and like walk out. And he starts like yelling. And be like, what is like, well, let's talk about this. This is a really weird thing to do. Like, I know I was late, but like, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, like, it's because you were late that she's leaving you, actually. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, no, this isn't what it's about. I need to go. And she's like, look, I here's everything, like my credit cards, my keys, blah, blah, blah. She's like, I took $2,000 out of the saving, savings account because that's what I have when, had when we got married. The rest is there, blah, blah, blah. Here's a dry cleaning thing and the blah, blah, blah. You have to pick those up, up tomorrow and take the kid to school. And she's like, I'm I'm out of here. And he's like. No, no, no. And she goes to leave and he like grabs her arm and like takes her suitcase and brings it back in and he's yelling at her and she just keeps walking like she's going to the elevator. Mm. Um, I think he brings her back in for a second, but she goes back out and he's like, what are you? I don't understand. Like, and I think he's like, you know, like I can we can work on this. I'll change. And she's like, you know, it's not you. It's me. And she's like, I I love uh, Billy, our son. But I'm not a good mother. I have no patience and blah, blah, blah. And she's crying. And she's like, and I don't love you anymore. And the door is closed. Yes. Good for you, Meryl. Yeah, Meryl. You don't don't get to abandon your son. 
Yeah, that comes up later too. Okay, because like that's that's a bad choice. Yeah. Oh, so she does leave without her suitcase. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he goes and throws it back in the closet. He's calling. He calls one of her friends a few hours later to be like, "Hey, is she there? We had a bit of a fight, and she left." And then you hear him. Like, obviously, like, she's not there. And he's like, well, I don't think she could get too far. She didn't take her suitcase. And then one of her friends comes upstairs because I guess they are wherever, downstairs, whatever. They live in the same building. And she's like, she's gone. She packed a suitcase. (laughs) (laughs) He starts blaming her because they were close friends and they were talking all the time. And she had just been divorced from her husband. And so obviously it's her fault. So the friend grabs the suitcase. No, uh, he doesn't really let her that far into the house. And he's like accusing her and she's like, you don't, I know you don't understand this, but it took like a lot of courage for her to leave. And he's like, oh, what are you? Like He gets really mad because that is kind of a messed up thing to tell, say to someone. But I'll like. This this character, I think it's deserved. Oh, yeah. Like, well, like, and right after, like within a few (laughs) hours after you've been left, like, oh, you. You kind of deserved it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he kicks her out and falls asleep on the atop the covers on the bed. Mm. And the kid comes in the morning and goes to the bathroom. And the bathroom scene is like, I think, supposed to be cute. It's like he pees in the toilet, goes into like his parents' bedroom. And this happens all the time. There's never a flush of the toilet. Okay. Which is... <laughs> Whatever, but it's always like a really fast pee. Yeah, like he goes in. Why do you never see like, him going to the bathroom in a movie? <laughs> <laughs> it's just super weird. Where it's like you're trying to be like you know morning routine, goes to the bathroom for ten seconds max, comes out. I think less than ten seconds mm. comes out and goes to the other room. Then the dad gets up and goes to the bathroom. But yeah, the kid this morning goes in. And he's like, "Hey, where's mom?" And he's like, "Uh, you know." She abandoned you. Yeah. No big deal. Well, at this point, Dustin Hoffman still doesn't believe she's actually left. Mm. So he's like, you know how sometimes you and your friends get in a fight? You want to take a little time away from them? He's like, well, that's what happened this time. I think I wrote this in there. He's trying to make breakfast and he's doing a real bad job. Yeah. Like, he's distressed. Doesn't know what grade his kid is in? Yeah. He goes to take his kid to school and he's running late. So he finds someone like a lady who looks like maybe she works there or is maybe just dropping off one of her kids. And he goes, excuse me, miss, like, what grade are you in? He's like, oh, grade one. And he goes, he's in grade one. Can you find him his classroom? Like, I'm just running late. And then, like, just runs off. Yeah, well, I, you're a woman, right? Could you just take care of my child? Yeah, so I feel like at that point, it's very evident why Meryl Streep was like, hey, like, and when she's leaving, you, she doesn't quite say, like, I have to go find myself, but you know that's it. She's mm-hmm. just like... I've just become, like, just a mother. There's nothing else I can do here. And yeah. she's like, you know, I love my kid, but I don't think I'm even doing that good a job raising him. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So you find out at that point, it's like, oh, this guy, yeah, essentially lives to work, doesn't care about any other aspect of his life. Mm. So he doesn't know anything about his kid. He doesn't know much about his wife. And his boss wants him to get rid of his kid so he can work more. Yeah. So he's talking, like, his boss, I guess, has asked him what's what's up. And he's like, this is what's up. My wife, like, left last night and blah, blah, blah. Had to take my kid to school. Like, I guess that's why he was late to work or something. They're both going like, oh, well, she'll come back. And I'm like, no, don't. She. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sometimes women make decisions that you don't agree with. And they're right decisions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he 
they're talking about that and then uh the boss is very reassuring like obviously she's coming back and he's like yeah no i can't essentially i can't imagine having to take over this role so she has to come back (laughs) and but the boss was like okay but we have to think about what you're gonna do i don't know if he says what you're gonna do about your son or whatever and he's like i don't know what what you mean and he's like well you uh like you can't keep running around being late and like having to go spend can't go spend time with your kid when you have to work here i have to be able to rely on you 24 7 yeah you're gonna have to make him disappear yeah he's like you know maybe send him with some send him to live with some relatives for a while for and he's like oh for a couple of months until uh meryl streep gets back and he's like if she comes back oh my god (laughs) it's like you know make your kid disappear sounds like a boss he starts to care about his kid kind of was it in this scene where he's like oh actually Actually, I want to keep him. I just don't want to pay attention to Oops. him. Uh, yeah, no, I think this was sort of it. When he's leaving, you can tell he's a little upset that his boss would have suggested that he essentially shove his ch- child aside. Mm. Uh, so it's sort of a, I can't exactly remember what happens, but it's sort of like a montage-ish of events where he's like, oh, I, like, first of all, my wife might not be coming back. Mm. And I don't want to send my child away, so I guess I'm going to have to learn to live with him and like him. (laughs) Wow. The character growth. Yeah. Nobody flushes the toilet in this house. Yeah. (laughs) But they get, like, a good routine going on where the kid has has to become more self-sufficient, which is, like, he's seven, I think. Mm. Um, Which, to some degree, is like, yeah, I could make my own breakfast when I was seven. But also, yeah, and like the dad obviously can't can't run the two roles all by himself. So the kid learns a bit of stuff, but mostly they're just settling into a routine, not super getting a, like, I think they're both still hurting for a while. Mm. His personal life is starting to get in the way of his job, even though he said it wouldn't. Mm. Yeah. So I think before this, like they've had a couple of fights, the kid and the dad, and one night the kid like here's an ice cream scene yeah. oh okay <laughs> the dad is in um he's talking to his boss and the boss gets a phone call and then he goes okay just a second and he's like pick up the line blah 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 and dustin hoffman's like well who is it and he's like just pick it up and at this point the dustin hoffman and the boss were sort of talking about how his work has suffered a bit anyway mm. um and uh so he picks it up and it's this kid and the kid is asking something and Dustin Hoffman's like no no we had a deal you gotta do this blah 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 and they're arguing a bit and at the end you hear him go double chocolate chip and then they hung up the phone (laughs) wait is that the I don't care what the other mothers do we made a deal that's a little bit later but yeah it's a lot of like talking to him like it's like a business transaction (laughs) it gets cuter as it goes but like at the beginning it's like he doesn't understand this is a child oh no okay um yeah so no, no they go home and the kid's like not eating his dinner and being sort of like a bratty kid, you know, where they're like, I hate this. And the dad's like, we had this last week and you liked it. And he's like, no. And then he goes and he gets the ice cream and the dad's like, don't. You don't know. eat that. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of like, don't eat that. Don't take the lid off that. And he takes the lid off. He's like, don't you dare put a, like, take a bit. Don't you dare put it. Like, and, you know, it just escalates like that. And then uh, the kid like eats a bit and Dustin Hoffman jumps up and grabs the kid. He's like, oh, you little, I'm going to call him a little shit, but I don't know. Mm. And he, like, physically, like, quite roughly takes the kid into his bedroom and, like, sort of throws him on his bed. And he's like, you, and 
something, something. And the kid's like, I hate you. And Dustin Hoffman goes, I hate you back. Oh, don't say that to your son. You're not allowed to say that to your no, kid. No, your kid's only, that only goes one way. Yeah. So he leaves and it's a couple hours later and he goes in to like look, like check on the kid. And he's like, you know, gonna like tuck him in sort of thing. And he wakes up and he's like, daddy, I'm sorry. And he's like, I'm sorry too. I shouldn't, we shouldn't, I shouldn't have said that. And he's like, I didn't want to, I forget what he says, but he's essentially like, you know, mommy left because she hates me. And then that dad's like, no, she didn't. And that mm. has to be like, mommy left because and he seems she to have, hates me, <laughs> essentially. But he sort of says, like, he seems to have a really good understanding of why Meryl Streep left. Mm. He's like, I was trying to make her into this person that she wasn't. And like, she tried really hard and tried to make me happy and everything. But after a while, she realized that it wasn't working and she was very unhappy. So she had to go try to find out what person she is. Mm. <laughs> Flared pants. Yeah, Dustin Hoffman always wearing flared pants. That's why I think it's the 70s. I think this lady was in Stir Crazy. It was. That's um, Joe Beth Williams, and that's the nudie scene. Oh, So we see boobies again. So I've got a fact here. Uh, I'll do two. So Joe Beth Williams' funny nude scene was optically darkened for the film's theatrical run to avoid an R rating. The undarkened version frequently appears in some television prints. This fact is true and relevant... Relevant to our, it says boonies tracking, but I assume you mean boobies. I meant boobies. Yeah. <laughs> At first, I like when I first read it, I thought it was goonies. And I was like, I don't remember it, but I'll just. <laughs> but yeah, you see a lot of boobies, a lot of Joe Beth Williams's boobies. Excellent. And she's like trying to cover herself. But like you all in almost every scene, you always see like a bit of a nipple at least. <laughs> And, like, every time it cuts, because she's having a conversation with a kid, it cuts back and forth between the two. Like, she's moved her arms, and you can see a different configuration <laughs> of the movie. That's, like, in Basic Instinct, where, like, it's a basic one of uh, those. No, the Fatal Attraction, I think. They're yelling at each other, and her tits out. Yeah. And then it cuts away, and her tits are covered, and it cuts back, <laughs> and her tits out. This is just a sometimes treat. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also have an ice cream fact I wanted to share. Oh, please. Um... The ice cream scene was an inside joke for the cast. Robert Benton noticed Dustin Hoffman only ate dessert on set and wrote the scene in um, wrote the scene in to tease him. He did not take it well, as he is biologically one third hummingbird and his diet consists mainly of sugar out of medical necessity. Fascinating. Fascinating. We mentioned <laughs> hummingbirds earlier too. Yeah. Really tying the episode together. More boobies. Meryl Streep is back and is being creepy for some reason. Yeah, so Dustin Hoffman's dropping his kid off at school. And at this point, they're like buddy-buddy. Like, he's doing a good job of raising his kid. Uh, So he drops the kid off, and he's like, okay, like, I got to go. And he's, like, looking back, making sure he gets in there, and then he gets into the school, and then Dustin Hoffman jumps in a cab, and then it pans to, like, this coffee shop window. And Meryl Streep is standing in it as if she was a mime. Like, nobody Mm. can see this, but if she was, like, in a mime in a glass box rather than just a person... Standing next to a window, but she's just staring out. It's really weird. Why? I don't. Well, she's watching her kid, but I don't know why they set it up like that. Yeah, I'm wondering. Is she if already was... in the window? Does she work there? <laughs> not, not in this. She's there just specifically to spy on her kid. But yeah, just like the way they set it up was just very much like, what's the creepiest thing we could have <laughs> her do? Um, and I wonder as well. If it was because it's a fairly dark window, it took me a little while to realize she was there. Even I wonder if they were like, you have to put your hands up like that so that people focus on you uh, more. Yeah, um, it's really weird. weird. Yeah, yeah, pretty unsettling, Meryl. Yeah, 
She wants her son back and... Oh, wait. That's it. He smashes a glass of wine. Oh. Yeah. So she eventually calls him, I believe, at work and is like, hey, can you meet for lunch? And he's like, yeah, absolutely. And goes there. And they're being pretty cordial, talking to each other. And like, he's just like, well, she's like, you know, I just essentially says I had to go find out who I really am. And he goes, well, what did you find out? And she gives him this look. He's like, I'm not trying to be an asshole. Like, I actually like, Mm. you know, as an interest, like, what is it that you found that you were missing sort of thing? And, you know, she's like, well, I went to therapy and realized that my self-esteem was just super low. And like, now I'm realizing that I never should have left Billy behind. Mm. and you know i'd like essentially she's like i'd like him to come back and live with me which i was like (laughs) i don't think you can (laughs) i don't think you can demand that that's not how custody works yeah and um that's when he gets real mad stands up and just very fluidly hits like backhands his glass of wine into the wall and I'm like, yeah, okay, that scene alone makes me think you should not have custody of your son. Yes, strongly agree. Yeah. Yeah, the wild part about that is, like, knowing that that was not in the fucking script. It's yeah. just, like, maybe this character isn't meant to be abusive. Maybe all of those actions are entirely Dustin Hoffman. Like, this guy, definitely, I was like, I would not want him around, like, my kid. Mm-hmm. Not that I have one, because he seems like an asshole. And I don't like his interactions with his wife slash ex-wife. So anyway, and she she also tells him he's she's been in town for a couple of months, which I'm like, I get it that you wouldn't want to come right away. And you find out later that she hasn't really said anything because she was like establishing a life there so that she could contact some lawyers about getting her son back. So he's real mad about that. Understandably, but we don't throw wine glasses. Well, it wasn't even... Like, he didn't throw it, and it wasn't at her. He just, like, smashed it, and it was obviously to scare her. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, like, you can't act like that. No. I don't understand why it wasn't like we can both be in his life. It was, like, right away, like, no, I'll have full custody, or you'll have full custody. And, mm. like, you both live in the same city. Yeah. Although, also, if she, if her only experience of him as a parent is the parent he was before she left, I would also be like, actually, I'd rather you never take care of my son by yourself. Yeah. But also, like... She left for eighteen months. That's a pretty long. That's a pretty long time, Meryl Streep. That's, to, no, especially that's like the way he was treating her and her son. Like I don't think he was ever like especially violent with them, but like even on the way out, like he was grabbing her and shit. Mm-hmm. Like I don't. There's not a lot you can do. I'm not saying like there was a perfect example, but I really wish there was some way she could have either. Well, she could have taken the kid with her. Yeah, she could have just left before he got home. It's very complicated, I guess. Mm-hmm. But that's sort of why I like the movie. There's a lot of differing. It's a lot of ideas floating around. It's complex. Uh, his work fires him. Mm-hmm. He's not doing so good. And so his boss is like comes into his office. He's like, hey, you getting lunch? And he's like, oh, like, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff here. And he's like, yeah, meet me downstairs at like one or whatever. And he's like, oh, yeah, sure. And like it seems like he's like happy. He's like, oh, it'll be fun because him and his boss are kind of friends Mm. and like at the very beginning he's essentially been given a promotion and then Meryl Streep leaves him he's like this should have been one of my best the best five days of my life and like she ruined it she's like okay uh so they're going and they're having lunch and he's telling a story about his kid and you can tell his boss is getting annoyed Mm. and then he's saying something to him about a a project or whatever and Dustin Hoffman's like well why don't we invite them over and I'll like schmooze them or something he's like oh no 
Doug's already on that. And he's like, Doug, what's Doug doing this? What are you firing me or something? And he's like, yeah, I'm letting you go. Oh. <laughs> and he's like, are you kidding? You're like, you like, know, oh, this is also after he found out that there will be a custody battle going on. His lawyer is going to cost him $15,000. Cool. Which is about half a year of his salary. Yeah. I don't want to feel bad for this guy, but also fuck this guy's boss so much. Yeah. The boss is the least... Um, the least understandable actions but Dustin Hoffman was like are you kidding me you know I have a custody battle going on you know I'm I have like zero chance of getting custody of my kid if I don't have a job I don't have to understand your personal situation yeah I don't have to care about you as a person you're just a worker to me yeah and you're we're in at will very good <laughs> yeah. oh and the boss is like hey I know stuff is tight right now and like but like here's some money and don't no rush on paying it back and like Dustin Hoffman's like you know you're a horrible person get away from me i hate you like yeah. sort of thing also alone is a weird thing to call my severance where's that yeah yeah so he immediately calls the or the custody his lawyer calls him or whatever he's talking to him and he's like hey i just got let go and he's like oh oh yeah he's calling him to tell him that the court date it's like december 22nd or something december 21st mm. it's also when he gets fired which is another bullshit thing to do yeah um the lawyer calls to tell him that the custody hearing is going to be on January 6th. And so Dustin Hoffman's like, hey, uh, I just got let go. And he's like, uh, are you sure you want to proceed? And he's like, well, can we push it back? Just tell him we need to push it back. He's like, yeah, no, that's not how that works. Mm. <laughs> and he's like, "We're there's not really any use doing this if you're not going, if you don't have a job. And he's like, fine, then I'll get a job in 24 hours. Does he? He does. Oh, my God. He's going to one of those people that help you find a job. He's looked in the newspaper, hasn't been able to f get any of those jobs, or at least not fast enough. So he goes to this guy, and he's like, I need something. And he's like, well, like, there's this one place, but it's, like, a step down from what you currently have. Uh, you know, and the pay, like, you're going to be taking at least $5,000 less a year. And he's like, doesn't matter. Tell me where it is. Like, set something up for today. And he's like, no one's going to want to do today. It's, like, the 22nd. He's like, do it now or I'll do it and then you don't get a commission <laughs> and so he gets something set up he's talking to the guy he's showing him his portfolio and it is essentially like I think he was a creative director at his last job and now he'd be um I don't remember what it was but he'll he's something not quite as prestigious and it is mm. instead of making 33,000 he's making like 28,000 which I'm sure is still significant back then but yeah so he uh talking to this guy and he's very intense he's very intense and the guy's like yeah well you know we'll think it over we'll let you know and he's like well who else would i have to talk to about this and he's like well our creative director but he's like going on vacation for two weeks and he's like well is he here today let me talk to him he's like well i'll see what i can do and they go get him from the party that which you can hear happening outside the door where he's interviewing <laughs> bring him in and they're talking to him and they're like oh, okay well like this is really cool and you know about how this is a step down we don't understand like why are you applying for this job and he's like I need a job is essentially all he says. <laughs> Just give it to me. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, okay, well, we'll think about it and we'll let you know. And he's like, no, uh, you've seen my portfolio. portfolio. You know I do well. I'm taking a pay cut to be here. This is a one-day offer. Like, you let me know in the next, like, I don't know, half hour or something. They're like, all right, let's talk about this. <laughs> you want to sit outside? And so it just shows him sitting like just silently in a chair like obviously like really nervous mm. uh while they're talking in the office and then he gets the job yay and he gets so excited he's leaving through the party and you can tell he's just full of relief and he sees this woman and he kisses her don't and then leaves 
what the f- I want, like, I was happy for you for a second. For yeah. a second, I was like, something's working out and that's good. And then you sexually assaulted someone yeah. and now I hope he dies again. Yeah, like, you should be fired from this new job. What are you thinking? Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Bad? Bad. Yeah. Immediately sexually assaults a new coworker. Uh, lawyers are mean. Yeah, so they mentioned they were going to do this to begin with, but it gets really vicious really fast. Mm. Um, like, uh, Meryl Streep's up first, and the cross-examination is just like, so have you ever been in a permanent relationship? What makes you think, like, it's back and forth, but he's like, what makes you think you'd, like, you wouldn't just have your son for a few months and then decide you didn't want to, you couldn't raise him again, mm. send him back, and like, blah, 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 and just being real mean. For some reason, they were really interested in her telling them if she was seeing anyone or not. And, like, she sort of looks over at Dustin Hoffman and isn't really answering at first. And then she's like, yeah, I'm... Good for you, I'm Meryl. Someone. Yeah. But, like, you can tell, like, both of them are sort of like... Oh, like, the lawyer really presses her to admit that she failed at her relationship with him, with Dustin Hoffman. And she's, like, you can tell near tears or crying. And she looks over at him and he's like, no, like, you didn't. You're fine. Like, Aww. you can see, like, they're trying to be supportive of each, of each other. And I'm like, yeah, why are you guys doing it this way why not get a mediator yeah uh, anyway why why do they force Meryl Streep to admit that she's dating someone but they don't ask Dustin Hoffman if he's sexually assaulted anyone in the past 24 hours no Dustin Hoffman's questioning is almost exclusively about uh his job and how he's not making very much money because right. Meryl Streep is now making $31,000 a year or something and he's making 28 yeah and he calls it almost like pretty pretty much twenty nine thousand, and they're like, "Can you be specific?" And he's like, "Twenty eight thousand two hundred." <laughs> and they're like, "Well, you just lost this other job. What makes you think you wouldn't lose? What makes us think you wouldn't lose this next one?" And like he's trying to say, "Like I lost that one because I was trying to take care of my kid, and they weren't being accommodating, and they don't let you answer that." Mm. I feel like they're trying to make Meryl Streep seem like the bad guy, but I empathize. Neither of them are better than the other like they're essentially accusing her of abandoning abandoning her child and what they're accusing him of is like not being able to hold a job even though he had that one job for like many years Mm. and like found another job within 24 hours they're like oh but you're unstable but i'm like but also he's somewhat violent verbally abusive he sexually assaulted a woman yeah also um she was gone for a year and a half how old is this kid uh still seven somehow Okay, so, yeah, that kid was abandoned by Dustin Hoffman for about seven years. Yeah. Didn't even know what fucking grade he was in. Yeah, don't knows any allergies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there's one scene earlier on where uh, Billy falls off a jungle gym and he's holding a plane and the plane, like, cuts his face up really bad and Dustin Hoffman, like, grabs him and just runs, like, whatever, like, five or six blocks to the hospital. That's <laughs> cute. It's very sweet, but like, uh, like Billy needs like ten stitches or something, and it's right near his eye. Um, and he divulges that to Meryl Streep, I think, when they're meeting for wine, mm. and she mentioned it to her lawyer, and the lawyer brings it up about how when he was, you know, Billy's in his care, and he almost loses an eye, and Meryl Streep apologizes later. She's like, I didn't mention it in that way to him, and if I had known. Mm. That he was going to bring it up like that. Like, she's like, I wouldn't have told him. And I'm like, you guys have the power to tell your lawyers to not be assholes. Like, you literally can. Yeah. They're working for you. You're paying them a lot of money. Yeah. Oh. Uh, 
I'll have this one fact. Okay. Meryl Streep's monologue for the courtroom scene is based off uh, based on the records from Dustin Hoffman's divorce. Is that a fact? It's a fact in the same way that most things are facts here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what Dustin Hoffman's divorce was, but her monologue scene was essentially like, I think he's a good man, but I don't know why I can't have my kid. She's like, I feel like he needs a kid. Dustin Hoffman's was like, yeah, like I understand I wasn't being a good father before, but I've really done that now. Like, and she left to go find herself. And I understand that that needed to happen. But he's like, I don't understand why we're just assuming she's automatically like only she can give him the love and attention that he needs. I'm like, he's like, I'm sure I am also doing that. Like he also like he needs me sort of thing. Yeah. So I empathize with both of these characters. But every line like that is making me so fucking mad only because of like fucking Reddit MRAs repeatedly lying mm-hmm. with that false fucking statistic about how often men get custody of their kid. Yeah, they have that in this movie too. Be like, oh, the mother will generally get custody. And yeah. I'm like, no, not if you hire a $15,000 lawyer, she won't. Also, not if you ask for custody. The yeah. reason that statistic exists is because mothers are more likely to request custody. Yeah. It's uh, it's just they, they're operating under false assumptions here. It's like no homework was done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, your last note is this court says she gets him. But in the end, they decide to let him stay with his father. Yeah. Uh, the court rules that Dustin, Ho- uh, Dustin Hoffman can have every second weekend with him and one night a week. Mm-hmm. And that he has to pay four hundred dollars a month in child support, which seems like a lot considering what his wage is. That doesn't seem like that much. What is she doing now? She's a product designer for a sportswear company. I just feel like nothing was fair because it wasn't presented in a fair way. Yeah. And I don't disagree with him paying child support or even necessarily that much, but I just feel bad because he took like this lower paying job. Mm. Anyway, he can find a better job. It doesn't matter. And yeah, so then he's getting the kid all ready to go. And like the one thing that I really admire about him is the whole time, every time he interacts with the kid about like what's happening... He's very, very gentle about it, and he's being, like, as nice as possible about, like, motivations and stuff. So he's explaining to the kid, he's like, well, what happened was both me and your mommy wanted you to come live with us. And so we asked these other people, like a judge and a couple of lawyers, to help us make the decision on who who would get you. And they decided that you would go live with your mom. But I'm really lucky because I get to see you two weekends a month, Mm. and we get to have dinner one night every week. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> my heart. Yeah. And you can see the kid is like, but I like, I don't I don't want that. Like, yeah. He's like, I want to see you whenever. <laughs> yeah. They get themselves all packed up. He's like, well, where are my toys going to be? He's like, well, at your mom's. And he's like, but where, you know, where is this going to be? Well, that's at your mom's, too. Like, you'll take everything, everything with you. So it's always, always there. And he's like, oh, and if you pay, play your cards right, your mom might even buy you a few more. Mm. And. Yeah, the kid's just like, oh, no. Who's going to read me bedtime stories? Well, your mom will. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so anyway, they go get all packed up, and he's got Billy all dressed up in his nice clothes ready to go, and they're just waiting in the living room, and you can tell they're both, like, upset, but they're both being real quiet. Mm. Then the buzzer rings, and he's like, oh, you know, that's probably your mom, and they're talking for a little bit, and then eventually Dustin Hoffman gets up and answers the phone. And Meryl Streep is like, hey, I'm down in the lobby. Can you come down alone? And Mm. so he comes down to talk to her and she's, you know, crying. And eventually she's like, I don't think he should come live with me. I don't understand. Like, she's like, why should she's like, I was looking at his room because he has clouds in the room on in his dad's place. 
he should have painted clouds only so he feels like he's at home and then she's like oh yeah this isn't his home he has a home they figure something out amicably which they mm. amicably mm. whatever so which is what they should have done in the first place yes like i understand first of all why meryl streep came at it this way because dustin hoffman does not seem like a reasonable person and every interaction he's had with her the one interaction he we've seen him have with her before she leaves yeah as she's leaving i'm like i understand why you were like i need a lawyer yeah because every time you told him what you wanted or needed he got physically violent with you yeah well and that <laughs> comes up a lot too she's mentions and he also mentions that she's told him before what she needs and what issues she's having and it's just like he's not been able to help or it's been very like base level like this or that in the court proceedings she's like yeah i wanted to work and he wouldn't even hear it and just stuff like that so she was like yeah and like the issue was i became more and more isolated and my self-esteem got lower and lower because he you know wouldn't let me do anything and told me like everything i wanted to do was stupid and so she's like i didn't think i was a good mother and that's why i left my child moved to california got a therapist and the therapist was like actually you're you were just being like manipulated, yeah, you know, and You'd be like, gaslight, gaslighted, yeah, thought, yeah. And uh, that's why you're thinking this way. You're actually a pretty good person. And so she came back and she's like, "Yeah, I am a pretty good person. I like my child back." Mm. <laughs> so kid ends up staying with her dad, and I like to assume they have a very friendly relationship where he goes and sees Meryl Streep quite often. They have dinners together and stuff whenever, but you don't get to know that. <laughs> but I bet that's what happens. Yeah, yeah. I'll read the last fact. Uh, Michael Richards was up for the role of both Kramers, but the director felt his dry performance took away from the whimsy in the film. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So, uh, big fucking bummer. Yeah, it was a sad movie. Like, it was a good movie, but it was sad. I understand why Bob shouldn't have wa- let Gene watch that. <laughs> I don't remember that. Um, in the laser inth, when uh, Linda, Louise, and Tina go get the dolls. And Bob and Gene go to the laser show. Mm-hmm. Um, Gene's giving Bob heck because he's like, you brought me to another thing that I was not old enough to see. Just like, and he lists off a bunch of other movies. And he's like, and Kramer versus Kramer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you picking all of your movies based on Bob's Burgers references? No, I watched this one before I. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then I watched the Bob's Burgers last night after. I was like, hilarious. <laughs> so what do you think? Yeah, like it was a good movie, but it was a bummer. Yeah, it was definitely like this is more emotions than I wanted. Where did you cry when he was explaining to the kid? Yeah, I think when he was explaining to the kid, like because he was trying to be very, he was trying to be strong and being like, you know, we're still going to see each other, even though it's not the amount that I've wanted to. And there's a lot of cute scenes about him and his son becoming close, which is really nice. Yeah. But also like he should have should have been close. Don't essentially fire people for having kids. I thought this, like, um, mindset had gone out of style, but it's cropped up a few times in the past couple months. Like, I've just encountered people who say it really casually. Yeah. But not wanting kids and hating kids are two very different things. Mm -hmm. And there seems to be very little understanding about the fact that people with children have a harder time with housing, have a harder time at work, have a harder time on the fucking bus. Mm -hmm. Like... I don't I don't know where that came back into fashion or why, but it's shit like what was exemplified in the film that makes it not okay to say shit like I hate children or I don't like people with kids. Yeah, like I I never have an issue with it because if I hear it I'm usually thinking these people are exaggerating. 
Because I will say that sometimes because like kids frighten me, but I'm also very pleasant to them. And people who have children, like I, I come from a family of four kids. I know it's not. Yeah. It's not like you can just make them do what you want. But also they're so frightening and I don't understand it, but whatever. But yeah, like there's there's so much you need as a child. Yeah, I don't know. I just I that phrase upsets me every time I hear it just because like that's a those are people. Mm -hmm. There's no you can't say I hate a group of people. I don't care if you're talking about kids. You don't (laughs) stop that. What about Mormons? You can't say I hate a group of people specifically because those people have different needs than you. How about that? (laughs) Yeah, fair. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> no, I don't know. I no, and that's not putting anyone on blast, by the way. Like, it's just something that's I've heard a lot recently and yeah. seen a lot, like on Twitter and shit. And I'm just like, I thought we yeah. were woke. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that as much. Well, I mean, like, there's always one. There's always one group that you can still make fun of, and it seems to be children right now. Yeah. Um, but children are our future. <laughs> But yeah, no, it's definitely a mindset that I had more when I was younger, where I was like, I hate them because I definitely fear them. Mm-hmm. They break so easily. Yes. Like, why would I want to be near that? <laughs> yes, I am deeply terrified of children. I'm they afraid if I look at one, hands. I'm going to traumatize yeah. them. <laughs> yes, they do have sticky hands. But I'm like, also, whenever I said that, I was just like, I don't want to. Yeah, it was essentially like, I don't want to be near them for fear that I will harm this child. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to hold it. That's yeah. upsetting. No, nope. not gonna squeeze his little feet. No, I will. Yeah. Yes, I'll squish a foot. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> there was a baby in the store the other day, and I was like, I want to squish you, but I won't because <laughs> I shouldn't be touching a strange baby. But then one of my coworkers like did a little tickle on the foot. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, I see that most babies are all right with yeah. this. <laughs> most babies haven't learned to fear touch. Yeah, <laughs> kids are cool. Yeah. Even if they have dirty little snot hands. <laughs> I have dirty little snot hands, too. Well, people like me, fine. Yeah. <laughs> Your hands are covered in hummingbirds. Yeah. I keep crabbing birds out of the sky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't like Dustin Hoffman, though. Yeah, fair. It just drives me crazy because I'm like, really, Meryl Streep, you were like, let me show you something. Yeah. Fuck you, Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> Oh, something I wanted to say at the beginning, um, but forgot. Um, Nazis are bad, and racists Whoa. are bad. Hey, that maybe this can be both of our grapes, or what? It can be my grape because I don't have one. Yeah, well, I can't think of one. Well, no, I have several from this week actually. <laughs> uh, don't defend Nazis or racists. Yeah, don't try and make distinctions about what kind or flavor of white supremacist someone is. Yeah, I mean, like, I know sometimes you're like, but categorically, the ones who don't physically hurt people are better. And you're like, but are they? Yeah. If they're not doing anything when they see another person physically hurting, you know, anyone, are they better than the person doing the hurting? If they're actively helping that person, if they're encouraging them, if they're instigating that action in others, is it better? Is it? Yeah. Like, these are things to think about in your head. Maybe don't think aloud in a group of people. Mm-hmm. Let, like, force them to try to teach you how to act in groups. While you're actively resisting learning anything. Yeah. While you're constantly interrupting people who are clearly better educated on a topic than you. Better educated in pretty much every topic, it seems like. Yeah. Like, look, Barbara and I like to talk about how we're dumb. But we're actually incredibly good and smart at everything. Yeah. <laughs> at, like some things, we actually know a lot of stuff. 
And we actually retain that information. And if you shut up for a goddamn fucking second, sometimes we'll share that information with you. Also, we will tell you to shut up. Yeah. So we can share that information with you. <laughs> and then another part of that information we share is like that also you should continue to be quiet for quite a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just a related fact. Real life conversations with people that you've met recently or in general uh, are not a Reddit thread. Mm-hmm. So um, the rules are different and you can't just say stuff. And then when that stuff doesn't resonate with anyone around you, you can't just decide to bring up a different topic entirely. Yeah. There's no slam dunks. Yeah. There are no slam dunks when you're arguing that some racists, what was it, aren't Nazis. Yeah. In in real life, you're not actually going to get karma for pointing out that someone's shoes are made in a sweatshop. We're being really vague, just in case. <laughs> this was about a specific conversation that we had. And if you hear it, good. And honestly, don't talk to us anymore. Yeah, I would be shocked if they heard this. <laughs> yeah, that can be both of our grapes, but I have another grape. If you're working in a professional setting, you should be professional with how you talk to people. But even if you aren't working in a professional setting, you should still talk to people like they're, well, yeah, grown-ass humans who have, like, human brains. Is this about something I witnessed? Yeah. Well. Yes. And also, um, if you talk to me like I am a child or you accuse me or anyone I know of acting poorly when I know they did not, also telling us this as if we were children, I will then force you to apologize (laughs) (laughs) and uh, make things really, really awkward for you. Like, I have no problems making things incredibly awkward. No. I've lived my life in awkwardness. I don't mind it. Yeah. (laughs) The most powerful, like the most powerful awkwardness shield exists around Melissa, (laughs) where it's just like, if you're being fucking weird it's gonna reflect back at you and not even affect her at all yeah Yeah, i have no qualms about making you feel bad for a thing you've done that's bad Mm. do better yeah anyway Mm. that's just a warning off the top do you have a wine do you have something positive that happened this week that you like um uh i went to man up yeah on friday yeah and it was real fun and Only I'm allowed to take my shoes off in the library. Well, you do it in a one room. (laughs) Yeah, you're walking around. (laughs) Yeah, I went to Man Up and it was fun and good. And that's it. I mean, we we had very busy weeks and much of it was pleasant. So So we have a lot to choose from right now. My wine. uh, Yesterday, Wes and I went to the plant store and we bought a grapevine and we bought a kiwi tree. Nice. And we got a discount because there was a discount that weekend. This weekend. You can have so much fruit. Is that actually yeah. like a tree? Like yeah. a kiwi tree? Yeah, it grows fruit. Oh. And the grapes will grow grapes and they're red seedless. So I'm like, oh, what? So we'll see how it goes. There's also a lot of like raccoons and shit in the area. So who knows? But mm. the grapes really like to grow around other things. I was trying to get the plant we wanted. And it was like, it was like they were twisting their arms around each other. So it couldn't go. Oh, <laughs> cute. I love it. But. <laughs> This is coming with me, and you're yeah. staying here. So. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm excited for that. Um, That's going to look so cool. I think it is. Um, anything else you wanted to... No. We should discuss on this podcast for everyone to hear. The inner, the room feels weird now after we got all our ranting out. After we talked about how Nazis are bad. Yeah. Bye. Bye.
Jungle Gym, Jungle Gym, Jungle Gym.